Welcome to Chuck and Anthony Ragnatalk, the prestige format limited edition podcast all about the greatest movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Thor Ragnarok. I'm Anthony Carboni, sitting across the internet from Chuck Wendig. And Chuck, I've got great news. Oh, good. I want to hear it. Hello. Hi. Let's hear it. I am, uh, I think I've just about pinned down what I'm going to write about for National Novel Writing Month. Oh, good. Then you're, you're, you're nailing it. I think nailing I'm 90% it. there. Yeah, you can do this. Yeah, I believe as, in you. Uh, as as a professional writer yourself, do you am I on am I on track? Am You're I ready on, to go? No, just get yourself a spreadsheet and track that word count uh, minute by minute. Does and you're uh, good. does your uh, does your social media because you you write books about uh, about writing and how to write and the process and of writing and bird crimes and bird crimes is mostly bird crimes. How mostly, to get away with bird crimes? How to commit them? How to get away with them? How to spot other people competing? Every book is a bird crime. Is your fa- is yeah. my, your famous Chuck Wendig quote? Yeah, how to write bird crimes? Yeah, that's my uh, other thing. Is November a lot of uh, a lot of being a lot of strangers' life coach for you? Uh, <laughs> it's not too bad. It used to be. Um, I try to actually make October that month. Uh, I try to force that perspective on people that if you want to ask me shit about your book, now is a better time than when you're, you know, neck deep in it. Yeah, November 15th, not a great time. Yeah, not a great time. No, at that <laughs> point, you're already falling out of the plane, and now you're asking me how to build a parachute. Um, it's too fucking bad. Good luck. Did you see that video of that guy who fucking couldn't get on the uh, hang glider? Like, the he was in Switzerland, and uh, he was like, he was with the, the guide, whatever, the, the hang gliding person who was like, you're, we're going on a fun ride together. I'm just going to sh- just snap you in. And he didn't actually snap the guy in and then just took off. <gasps> For two like minutes and 14 seconds, the dude is just hanging on. And like, you can watch the video and the actual hang glider pilot, I don't know what you call those people, is like just barely like, I got your hand sort of, I'm put my hand on your hand. Almost like he's holding him romantically. Like, this will be fine. Oh my it's God. It's terrifying terrifying don't go hang gliding i mean i want to go hang gliding don't do that but i want person. to not with this person well, not Find with better, that person i no. would maybe look up who that guy is on yelp yeah and yeah, just look be like him up. a lot of That's one a, stars there are a lot of things like there are certain things that are that are falling through space related that i want to do and certain okay. things that i don't okay well is there a difference between why you know you know, I've never, I've never really sort of, sort of drilled down into the why of it, but uh, okay. I think it has to do with the fact that I, I trust wings and I trust Bernoulli's principle of lift. Yep. yep. But there's other stuff I don't trust. Like, I would absolutely go hang gliding. Sure. I would absolutely. There's a place in Santa Monica that allows you. This podcast is entirely about Thor entirely Ragnarok. Only, and only, only Thor Ragnarok, by the way. Yeah. Uh, there's a place in Santa Monica that'll take you uh, on a paramotor. Have you seen the paramotors? No, no. Paramotoring is a thing. Is a YouTube thing that I fell into uh, a couple weeks ago, and now I'm just obsessed. It is okay. basically you strap a giant fan to your back, sure. and put a parachute on and okay. fly. Fucking let's do it. Yeah. Let's that do sounds it. dope to me. I feel like I saw that when I was in Maui. I feel oh. like I saw people doing that. People are doing Maui. it in Maui. People are doing it in Maui. For right? sure, they're doing it. I would do that. I would do hang gliding. Yeah. I would I would even maybe with like, after hang gliding a couple times, I could see myself doing one of those squirrel suits, like Far Cry oh, style. Oh, man, yeah, yeah. Like, that like just would in be your, dope. Just in your house. Yeah, just, in just like- Just like a uh, flying squirrel from my bedroom to the kitchen <laughs> to get a snack. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my buddy had a pet sugar glider and it was like that. One of those little oh, yeah. squirrels. 
It would it just, just There's just like, hey, what's up, man? I'm here for a peanut. And it's just like, all right, here's your peanut. He's like, cool, flight control, I have the peanut. And then it would just like, <laughs> <laughs> Superhero, save the day, sugar glider. Yeah. But uh, the thing that I would not do, wouldn't yeah. bungee jump. No bungee jump. That looks I, terrifying. I that would like, never bungee jump I feel in my like life. I would snap part of my body. That feels terrible. That's awful. They just put a towel in between your legs. Do you know that? No, for pee? For just urine? Yeah, for for urine, but also like so you don't injure yourself because they can't okay. they can't just like rubber band both of your legs directly to each other. Oh, they can't really because it'll put pressure on it and it'll it'll either bruise you really badly or it'll yeah. snap your ankles. So sure. they they just roll up a towel like they're about to smoke with you in the dorm, <laughs> and then they just like put it in between yeah. your ankles and then tie the bungee jump the bungee cord to you and go. Fuck off, fucker. That, that does not feel very prophylactic to me. That feels like uh, some cheap shit. That's the traditional uh, bungee jump instructor greeting. Fuck off, fucker. Fuck off, fucker. <laughs> and <laughs> then they just laugh as you fall. <laughs> they push you off a fucking bridge. <laughs> as you rubber band back up and crack your skull on the bridge abutment. Uh, there's a lot of aerial stuff going on in this particular 10 minutes of Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok, what a great movie. We should talk about it. Let's talk about Thor Ragnarok. We start yeah. with... The payoff of the uh, of the setup of Get Help. Get Help. What I like about Get Help, as I was rewatching this last night, Chuck. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. I don't want to do Get Help. It's humiliating. Yeah. Every once in a while, we do see. I mean, we just heard the story about Loki turning into a snake. We know that yeah. Loki tried to imprison Planet Earth. We know all these right. things. But every once in a while, we do see that like Thor was kind of a shitty older brother too. Yeah, he was he was like kind of classic older brother, right? Yeah, like he was just like a dick, bully kind of like. Eh. Like there were some Loki's older brothers, brother. like there were some brothers that got along when I was a kid and they they yeah. played together well, or there were brothers that like you know were separated by age enough where they had their own space. But I remember there was there was a a, a set of brothers that I actually hung out with, um, and just an older and younger brother hung out together all the time, played together all the time. Treated each other like garbage all yeah. the time. Yeah. There's like that particular kind of like brother relationship. Yep. Uh, and I feel like if we were to go back and see Thor and Loki as kids, that would have been it. Well, and the great thing too is, uh, and I think this scene kind of mirrors that real life phenomenon of brothers who are, you know, always fucking with each other. You can't fuck with either of them as a separate, as a non-brother. Like if you come no. at them, now they're a unified force against you. That's like, you don't mess with, Fam- family can mess with family. Yeah. You don't mess with someone else's family. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there we've seen Loki can try to imprison the planet, but when everybody's like, all right, well, it's time to either kill or imprison Loki, Thor yeah. steps in and goes, no, 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 that's my brother. Yeah, well, we'll handle this. Yeah, this is our business. Don't worry about it. We, this is, yeah, Jerry's kind of a fuck up and we have to bail him out every spring break, but yeah. you don't get to tell us Jerry's yeah. a fuck up. Yeah, we know that. You don't know that. You go to hell. <laughs> um, so get help is like, it is subterfuge that absolutely was uh, was thought up by a child Thor. Yeah, it's it's a hammer move. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's just like Loki is his hammer for a moment. Like there was, there is no finesse to it. It's not like oh my brother needs help, and then they walk over and he pretends to be injured, and then we take the no. It's like no. I will throw you at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, forget all this ch- chicanery and ledger domain. Just hurl you like a cannonball. I love it. There's there's a reason why one of them is the god of mischief and the other yep. one is definitely not. Yeah. Uh, something that I wanted to point out, they're here to steal the Commodore. Yep. Uh, which is a ship that was recommended to them by the Valkyrie. But all mm-hmm. the ships on Sakaar 
are named after cars manufactured in Australia or New Zealand by the Holden Automobile Company. What? The Commodore yeah. was first manufactured in 1978 in Australia and in New Zealand in 1979. Uh, it was manufactured entirely in Australia until last year when uh, General Motors bought the Holden Motor Company and moved the manufacturer to Germany. But the whole, the, the Commodore is kind of like a, it's not a, it's not a Toyota Corolla. It's like one step above. It's the kind of nice car that's Chevy not too Malibu. nice, but it's like everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like if, uh, like if somebody was going to buy themselves like a, like if an executive town car came and picked you up, but it was like not a nice one. Right. That's a Pulling whole apart a little bit. Yeah. Okay. That's a Commodore. Yeah. That's, that's the, the, that was the thing when I was in Australia, it was like, you would, I, you know, have that epic flight, you know, 15 hours, the one way from Texas or whatever, you know, and then you get there and it's morning and you can't sleep until night and you're already bleary and bewildered. And then you get in a car, which you don't recognize, and on a highway full of cars that you don't recognize. They, I mean, they look like cars. They're not spaceships. But yeah. <laughs> they have names you've never seen, brands you've never seen. In Australia, and, uh, they only have art cars. It's only, only Burning has, Man cars. That's right, exactly. It kind of makes sense. One think. car comes and picks you up. It's giant sponges. Another one is a map of the city. Like, yeah. It's it's just the law there. It has it's to be an art car. It's just the law. Car. It's the law. Yeah. So it feels, but it feels very slipstreamy. It's like that candy from Canada thing. Yeah. It. it one thing that, you know, we are, we live and we've grown up in a time of like intense globalization and particularly like intense export of American culture everywhere. Um, or like in automobile, in the automobile industry, it's Japanese cars, right? Japanese yeah. cars are everywhere. And it's kind of like, it's always wild when you go somewhere where that hasn't quite permeated entirely. Right, right. Or they get a whole different collection of Korean and Japanese cars. Like yeah. that's the other thing about Australia. You're just like, what is what is this? What is happening? Did yep. I did I wake up? Like, is this some lost shit? Like is there a guy in a bunker pressing weird car brands into a computer? I don't yeah, know what's there's happening. A, there's a Toyota in Europe, and it was especially in England and in Malta when we were there, that's like just this tiny, smaller than a smart car Toyota. Right. Right. Yeah. Called like an IQ or something. I yeah, it's remember. It's like a Segway with a shell. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's just like, it's everywhere there. Yeah. Everywhere. And like, you couldn't, nobody in America would drive one of those. You can't have no. one of those in America. But it's no. like, it's wild because every once in a while, you go somewhere and you're just like, oh, wow, it's different. Things are still different. Oh, thank yeah. God. Yeah, Things are still it feels different. Good. It feels good and off and unsettling at yeah. the same time. Yeah. The weird thing, uh, when I was in Japan, the weird thing there was not that everything was, um, I mean, there was a lot of different stuff. They do have sure. a, a very much their own sort of like bubble culture, but uh, the cars were recognizable, but all a little older, especially like cabs and stuff. Oh, interesting. They're all these like perfectly maintained 1980s cars. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, and like there's a lot that. of perfectly maintained 1980s and early 1990s technology everywhere in Japan. Oh, weird. Like have you have you ever played you ever play one of those Pokemon games? I've heard I've heard tell of them. Where they got a Pokemon and like yeah. you walk in the middle of a field and in the middle of a field there's like a vending machine and you're just like why is there a vending machine in the middle of a field? Sure. It's because they have vending machines in the middle of fields seemingly sure. attached to nothing. And it's always like, oh. And that's probably where you get those little cars. Yeah, it's always like, oh, this weird stuff that seems like weird and strange to me in like foreign film or like foreign video games <laughs> or foreign comic books. It's real, books. yeah. Like, it's not weird and strange. No. It's just the way things are over there. Yeah. 
Very odd. Very odd. Very and I, odd. By the way, uh, speaking of the whole slipstream effect and going back to the candy, I think someone offered to send us weird New Zealand candies. Mm. Right? Didn't they yeah. on Twitter? Something like that? And a, and I think they were going to send that. us a Holden Commodore. Good. A, Good. 19, Get into it. a 1979 Holden Commodore. Fill that thing with candy and then just trebuchet it over. To yeah, us. just push it. I think you know. I, I think the things about the Commodores is they're buoyant. All cars yeah. from island nations are buoyant. That makes sense. That's science. That's science. Uh, it's just a good safety measure over there. I yeah. think somebody yeah. is. Somebody did uh, say they were going to send us some New Zealand candies. I sent them my it. PO box address, so we'll see good. what happens. Good. But uh, thank you to whoever offered. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so they go to get the Commodore. They mm-hmm. knock, uh, and then Thor looks over, and of course there are stereo Lokis. Stereo Lokis, double Loki. Um, never one for sentiment, were you? And Loki says, easier to let it burn. Yeah. Loki, Such go to therapy. A great line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loki, You know just, what I love what? about this? This whole thing is, uh, is like the culmination of all the stupid writer bullshit I've been talking about this whole time, which is this idea, like, there's always a point, right, where, because like when I was a kid, eighth grade, seventh grade, and the teacher wanted to talk about theme it's always such a nonsense garbage discussion. So I was like, there are like five main themes and it's like man versus man and man versus nature and mm-hmm. man versus washing appliance, whatever yeah. the fuck it is. It's garbage. But like when you actually sort of view theme as like someone's making a story and they are trying to have a point, right? They're just trying to have an argument. It's like a thesis for a narrative. And film is really good that like once in a movie, someone might actually speak the theme aloud. Um, yes. Obviously, a famous example is uh, in Star Wars when they say it's just Star Wars, Luke, and then yeah, right. I think that's. Do I, think I have that right? Did I get it that was, line Forget right? it, Luke. It's Star forget Wars. Forget it, Luke. It's Star Wars. Right. See, I always get that wrong. That's the one. Uh, so, but no, like when <laughs> Thor, like Thor, right here is basically saying all the shit you need to know about these characters, which is like he's telling him about how you know you need to change and grow and be more than what you are. And not just be Loki, the god of trickster, but it's always it's like about everybody. Yeah, it's about Valkyrie. It's about Thor. It's about the hammer. And uh, it's great. And what I love is it's it's very on like you're saying it is the theme. It's very on the nose. But there's something like Chris Hemsworth made this decision, and uh, you know, I don't know. You know, you never know how much of it was was the actor, how much of it was director, actor, writer working together, whatever. But there was this decision that Thor was going to smugly deliver these lines as though yeah. he had known them all along. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to just figuring it out like 30 seconds ago. Yeah. 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 Which I love because it's like life is about change and growth. Loki. He says yeah. in exactly the way <laughs> he's always said everything. Yeah. yeah. It's the verbal equivalent of him, like trying to play off tripping three times in this movie. <laughs> exactly. I know what I'm doing. And I, I am an expert. And I love it. Cause I was like, I was rewatching it. I was like, why doesn't this bother me? And I was like, that's why this doesn't bother me. That's why. Because the delivery is perfect. Because he's literally not learning anything. (laughs) No, no. Yeah. Whatever he's learned, he's literally only just figured it out. Yeah, he's learning, but like he hasn't completely integrated it yet. Yeah. Um, So I do love this. And I do also love this final line to, to Loki here. You'll always be the god of mischief, but you could be more. Yeah, you could be more. Exactly. That's yeah. that's so nice. That is so yeah. nice. And it, it And it's demonstrated for Thor too um in the action that he doesn't get suckered by him this time. Yes. Right? Cuz that's a routine obviously even all the way back to the snake. Uh but in the the previous two films, it's a, a theme for him that he's just basically a to be sucker punched by Loki. Yeah, I'm just going to trust him. He's my brother. He says he's, yeah. he says it's all good now. So, yep. here we go. Um so 
they take the or Thor takes the Commodore. And yeah. I love there is there is one little line here where I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't care about this, but I'm sure I'm sure they they tested it and a lot of people did care about this. Where Thor gets into the ship and he's like, ah, I'll figure it out. It's just another spaceship. <laughs> I know. And yeah. I'm just like, I don't need you to say that, Thor. No. No. Just get in just the do it. Get in the yeah. ship. Just fly the dumb ship. Get in the robot, Shinji. That's all yeah. you need to do. Um Yeah, yeah but I, I do I do understand why that's in there, but I feel like Spaceship is spaceship. I don't yeah. care. Yeah, uh, it's especially in the wacky Marvel space. Like, it, there's yeah. no indication that this is difficult or that I should care. Though I do guess we've never really seen Thor behind the controls of any sort of. No, does, don't they have spaceships in uh, Dark World? I mean, to be oh, clear, yeah. I really only barely remember that movie. Here's what I remember about Dark World. Yeah, crickets chirping. Uh, so like, it's a, a hole in it. There's like a weird hole in a building in the middle of then, nowhere. And then there's elves. And I there's elves. elves. There's definitely space elves? elves. Space elves. Kat Dennings yeah. is there. Kat, uh, is, is she in that one? I actually literally forget if she's in that one. I think she's in it for like two seconds. Okay. 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 Anyway. <laughs> yep. Good. Uh, that's our recap of Thor The yeah, Dark that's World. That's our, our prestige format 30 second podcast. That's about. it. Yeah. Dark World. <laughs> that was 13 one second episodes yeah. <laughs> about everything we know about Dark World. But anyway, regardless, Thor's driving. Valkyrie and Banner are catching up in Valkyrie's ship. Grandmaster's yep. like, yo, get yeah, my dude. Big, big hollow Grandmaster. Yeah, hologram. I love the big hollow Grandmaster. I love his delivery just of like, go get, just go get him. I know my, my, my babies, my pretties. Yeah, get don't him. let him get just off like, the ah. planet. Like, I know, it's he, like Zoom. He doesn't Ow. say it like, a, like an evil order. He says it like a duh. Like, of course you can't let this <laughs> I happen. I know. <laughs> uh, one thing that I did notice that I loved is Rachel House as Topaz, as she's like pursuing, yeah. is doing like this slow nod, almost mm-hmm. to the beat of the score of the film. <laughs> and I just what point she even points she even points like I'm you yeah I'm I just for you. love it like she's just in her element finally yeah, yeah. and it's just so good to see her, her little smile when she realizes that that Thor has stolen a ship and she may get to kill Thor yep is, in a ship yeah she's just like ooh I get to fly today I get yep. to kill this guy who's been annoying me today <laughs> what a great <laughs> this day what, this is what she lives for she killing people I you think. know it's like it's like that day you wake up and it's and it's sunny and warm for the first time in a few weeks and you take your take your little walk to the coffee shop. You know that feeling? Yep. That's, that's how her. that's how Topaz feels about getting to kill Thor in a spaceship today. Right? It's, it's not precious. like joy, but it's like a good start to the morning. It's a good start to the morning. A pep in her step. Uh I do love the I hope you're I hope you're tougher than you look from oh, Valkyrie yeah. to Banner. Yeah. Uh and then that actually begs the question, which I'm misusing that phrase, begs the question. Uh, is he actually tougher than, like, that's the thing that hasn't really been well addressed, uh, ah. at least in the film side of things, is, is Banner, does Banner possess the preternatural strength or stamina? Because there's a couple moments in here, obviously, we'll get to it later when he, uh, comic falls in front of uh, Fenris, but he just blasts, that should have just snapped his neck. <laughs> poor you know broken little doll banner yeah one thing they don't show you in the movies or or tell you about when pilots eject it hurts yeah it hurts like pilots don't want to eject no no (laughs) 
Like that is that is painful, and and they, and they certainly don't want to eject into the roof of another flying plane. No, God, oh. no. Uh, oh. I don't know. We haven't really gotten that. the The idea in the comics is that the moment before you hurt Banner, yeah, or start to hurt Banner, he immediately turns into the Hulk. Yeah. So it's almost like the Hulk is an airbag that lives inside of. <laughs> Bruce Banner. <laughs> That's Hulk bag. Yeah, he's yeah. like a Hulk bag. Uh, so I don't know. This, I mean, yeah. they try to shoot this thing in such a way where it looks like maybe it wouldn't have hurt him too badly. Yeah, and I mean, to be clear, I don't actually care. Yeah. I was. It's just one of those things where he is like slingshotted into that thing in a painful looking way. Yeah, it's either cartoon physics or it's that Banner is a little tougher than the average human being because he's got yeah. a Hulk inside of him. But Either's fine. Either's, either's good fine. with me. Yeah. Um. When they both, when he gets onto the ship, uh, Thor is looking for the guns, and we get oh, the oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no guns, but we do have it's my birthday, it, it's my birthday. We have orgy music. If and you fireworks. have not seen the deleted scenes, yeah, there is a much longer "It's my birthday." Yep, and there's also this. I think it's in the Grandmaster like little mini doc or it may be in the deleted scenes, but they showed Jeff Goldblum ad-libbing on like a pedestal in front of a green screen for like a yeah. minute. I think it's just, yep. they're doing all the hologram yeah. stuff. He's got to dance in a little bit. Yeah, they're doing yeah. all the hologram stuff for the movie. And one of the things he does is he's like making out with tentacles. Yes, he's making that. It's in the one scene too where he's- um. Uh, Bruce Banner is eating the noodle that turns out to be some sort of creature. Yeah. In the center of the table, he can't turn off the making out with a tentacle creature. It's thing. so good. It and is like, so good. Re rewatching this part, I can see why there wasn't a lot of time for people to be talking on the ship and eating on the ship. You know what I mean? Yep. They didn't really want yep. to do that. It would have slowed down a lot of the momentum. Right, it would have film. slowed down, but yeah, but I did like it but as it's, a sort of a side piece. Uh, as another side piece to it, the, um, for the most part, you know, you watch these movies like with my kid and uh, you don't have to explain a whole lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, every once in a while there's like, hey, they said the word shit. And it's like, we've already covered, hey, that's a word. It's technically a bad word, but it's not really bad because it just means poop and you can say poop. Just don't say shit to your teachers. Yeah. But uh, this one was like, so what's an orgy? And you're like, oh, good, oh, great question. And a so then question. you immediately, you paused Thor Ragnarok and you put yeah. eyes wide shut on. Yeah, that's exactly. I got my Kubrick on. Yeah. yeah. You, yeah. You, you were like, well, we're going to watch uh, Caligula. Yeah. Yeah, there's masks. You need masks. We're going to show you how everything works, little buddy, and uh, yeah. then you're going to know. Yeah, there's various unguents, uh, slappings. It's good. Just yeah, it's good. And it's, you know, it's good for a seven-year-old especially. I think it is. There's a, it we're is. a culture of repression, Chuck. We are. We got to keep it open. We got to keep it open. Kids need to be watching orgies now. It's like, yeah. it's like how you got to start thinking about writing your November novel in October. A kid's mm -hmm. got to see an orgy by like five or six years old. Yeah, I want to be clear, not to participate. No. Just to like be aware. Just be they aware. Happen, that they happen like all the time. I mean, there's, you know, the woods in vans in uh, various. There's a, there's a group of people on my stoop right now. Yeah. Just, or just orgying. Going at it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I've tried to tell them that like I do a podcast at this time of day. Yeah. But they don't. also like. American law says you can't stop an orgy on a stoop. Look it up. Mm. No, orgy gonna orgy. It's right there in the Bill of Rights. It's right there. It's uh, number 36. Yep, 36 on of the, the Bill, Bill of Rights. Rights. I'm sorry it's not 69. 
Oh, nice. But we don't have that many rights. Zoom. And they're disappearing no. more and more every day. This is a podcast yeah. entirely about Thor Ragnarok. Yep, 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 yep. Um, so yeah, uh, Valkyrie jumping, taking out ships. This is like, we've heard about Valkyrie. We've seen a little bit of Valkyrie, and now we really get to see Valkyrie being Valkyrie. Yeah. I feel like the most baller move is her first, where she just leaps onto a ship, stops her fall and her, her uh, descent off the edge of the ship by thrusting blade into ship, which then destroys the ship, and she is immediately using the momentum to move on to the next one. Yeah. It's like, one, two, three, the ship is done, she's awesome, uh, and it's great. And I love that uh, Thor looks at it and was like, man, I, sh- I should be doing that. I know, damn it. I could be out there Thorin right now. I know, I could be Thorin it up. <laughs> uh, and I do love the like, here, take this. He's like, I, I, I don't know how to fly this. How do I fly this? He's like, I don't know. Use one of your PhDs. <laughs> I know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's a better version of the explaining, not explaining how we can fly the ship, but just a nice little beat on that. Yeah, just, hey man, fly ship just now. Just use that. Shut up, shut up. Um, this is a really great, I mean, everything about this, this action scene is just really lovely to me. I do get to see so much of my beloved heavy metal pastel Sakar. Oh yeah. Um, the trying to, trying to fire a gun and finding fireworks. Yep. The usage of fireworks throughout act three in the background of action is so good. Yeah, so good. Like, why not so fireworks? Cool. Fireworks are cool. Fucking fireworks, right? I think that's this whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, that would, wouldn't that be fucking awesome? Yes, it would. Just fucking throw like, fireworks in the back of it. do it. Do it. Why? Because it's colorful and it looks dope? Yeah, and so many movies, you know, like, the, the part of the past thing of, like, violent, you know, space movies, they're always sort of gray and brown and... Uh, I just love that this is sort of the the opposite, the entirely opposite direction of that. Yeah. Um, Fucking fireworks. So then they uh, they jump back into the cockpit. There's one gag that I really love every time I see it in any form of media, which mm-hmm. is the uh, grabbing a little creature that you can't understand yep. and throwing it off frame as it throwing babbles it to you. Yep. <laughs> and you just yep. hear it babble as it goes off just- As it goes. <laughs> yep. And then it's gone. That, that'd be, yeah, the blue guy or whatever, he's just gone. And he just yeah. makes some sounds. God, I love dead. stuff like he's that. He's a sentient creature who is now dead. Dead. Kill that dead. creature. Probably has Fucking a family. Dead. Probably has a family. Maybe uh, some parents and some children. You don't know. Was probably conscripted into this army. We know nobody serves the Grand Master willingly. No. Yeah, they probably got found somewhere and yeah. forced into servitude. Probably has a control disc on his neck. Just trying to make uh, things work, you know? Just trying to make things work. Probably doesn't get paid a lot, if anything, to be honest. For all we know, this was this was it. This was the last time. All he had to do was catch Thor, and he would have been returned to his family and given his freedom. That's true. Who knows? And now this. And now this. But it was hilarious when he went flying off. It was hilarious. Right? Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> um, so there she is. Uh, our ticket out of here. This is where we yep. get back to, uh, to Korg. Yeah, Korg. And this is my favorite Korg line. I know a lot of people okay, like yeah. Piss Off Ghost. But hey, man. You and yeah, you and Max love the are those eggs? Yeah, those eggs. <laughs> My favorite line is, "Hey man, we're about to jump hey on man. that ginormous spaceship. Want to come?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in in nicer uh, seven year old version, that's a line he repeats. My son repeats to me periodically. He'll just say it as he like greets me in the day, and it's a good thing. It, it warms my heart. That's uh, in a way it shouldn't. That's you know, a big thing culture. for uh, yeah. at, at the Star Wars show office as we do that to each other. Like nice. we like we poke each we poke our heads into each other's office like offices when we're when we have to do stuff we're like hey man 
I'm about and to then, go uh, jump on a ginormous <laughs> spaceship. <laughs> and, and ginormous, the usage of ginormous. Yeah, just a child's word. Just this yeah, weird. Just a child's word. Uh, and then I do love like, you look like you're in desperate need of leadership. Yep. And Korg's yep. response is, why, thank you. Why, thank you. <laughs> uh, by the way, do, do you realize that Taika is in this scene twice? Is he? He is. There is a three-headed guy, and I literally only noticed this on this watch. There is a three-headed guy, pale, white, pasty, three-headed guy standing behind Cork, and he's in a lot of the scenes, though he dies unceremoniously later. Uh, Taika is one of the heads. Oh, my God. And then I Google that to confirm that he was one of the heads, and the other opposite head, not the middle head, but the far uh, left head, is Chris Hemsworth. No! Yes! Yes! That is so good. So good. That is so, who's, who's the middle head? Just some guy? I don't know. He looks like kind of like a, like a John Cena. I don't know who the fuck he is. God. I, you know, I, wa- yeah. I wonder if that's just like some cameo, some little thing that somebody got to do. I hope so. One of those things where it's like, out. make me a stormtrooper. You're directing the movie. Yep. You're just third. Yeah. You're third guy. You're middle head guy. God, that's crazy. That's Taika. Taika's in there. I love that. And there's something like, it's this weird Taika's got like this weird ego thing, but it doesn't bum me out or rub me the wrong way in any way. No, it feels like it's the kind of ego where it's, uh, you know, cause like, you know, as a writer and as a creator, I'm sure you're totally into this. Like you can understand, like you want to celebrate the things that you've done and, uh, get online and you have to sort of talk about them and be vaguely proud of them and not be ashamed of that. And I feel like this is, he like walks that perfect line of being like, here it is. Yeah. Like I just, I'm proud of this. But also just the like, Oh well, there's a there's a space where we need like a little guy back here. It's like, oh, I'll be the little guy. It'd be cool to be the little guy. Yeah, I'm doing that. Yeah, I'll just I'm jump in me, there me. and be this little guy. Yeah, who me? Um, God, I love him. Yeah. Uh, so we're, yeah, we're getting him on the show, right? He's coming on the he's show. He's coming right? on. I think you know. I didn't want to spoil it, but final episode yeah. is literally everyone. They're just yeah, all coming. Everyone. They're all coming on. They're all coming so in here. Into my, we got a lot of pull. We got a lot of pull. They're coming back here to my garage. Well, half of them sure. are coming to my garage, yep. and half of them are coming to your shed. Yep. And yep. Uh, that's that's how it's going to go. We only that's have two go. microphones, and they said that was fine. Yeah, we'll all gather around, cozy like. Uh, when they go back to, we are now in the anus. The anus. Yep. We're coming up on the anus. I believe is the. I like as the G forces and and just weird quantum physics-y things start working on everybody. They start looking like they're in pain. Yep. Mark Ruffalo is doing pain like an ulcer, like indigestion, which I love. It's like not only are the G-forces affecting him, not only is space affecting him, but he is stressed out. He's got agita, man. Yeah, he really does. Shit, agita, and that feels like that feels authentic to both uh, Mark Ruffalo and Bruce Banner. Yeah, like the the immediate going for for just like right where heartburn happens. Yeah, yeah, you you know that <laughs> Ruffalo does that uh, in his daily yeah. life. Yeah, that's some tums a tums moment for him. Um, and then we head back to Asgard. Mm, Asgard, where we see Scourge has uh, finally accepted the role, really, of executioner. Yeah, reluctantly, reluctantly, but he's there. Um, he's given his speech. Here, somebody, some misguided soul has stolen the Bifrost sword. Um, and you can really see the pain in his face when it's like, okay, well, no one's coming forward, and now I'm going to have to hurt somebody yeah. in order to save myself. And am I really this guy? 
And the person they pick too. Just a yeah. helpless woman. Just like yeah. boom. But it's such a Hella is so so calculating yeah. and so good at what she does. Like, oh, bring forward the like one of the weakest looking people mm-hmm. and somebody will try to protect them. Like, I, which, because Asgard is, I mean, we don't know much about who these people are, but we know that Asgard is basically like, Asgardians are a warrior race of some kind. Yeah. You know, I'm sure not not everyone is, but like most people like know that they got to fight. Yeah, like one guy makes bread, but he can also kill you. Yeah, like he makes bread, but also like he attaches that bread to like a, to like a chain and swings yeah. it malevolently. Yeah, absolutely. If he has to. If he has to. Like just a really, just a heavy loaf of stale sourdough. <laughs> a, a loaf bludgeon. Yeah, it's just, it's bad. The bludgeoning damage yeah. is yeah. crazy on that. Bredgen. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it, it makes sense that like anybody you you ask to come forward or any tough guy you ask to come forward will probably just like take the beheading. Oh, yeah, I will die. Yeah, I'll die for Asgard. Yeah. So this is a good scene. And it also lets us see uh, a little bit more of Scourge's conflict. Um. Then we uh, we get up to the ship coming in. Yep, yep. Uh, and I love Banner. Just like I thought it'd be a lot nicer. Not that it's not nice. No, it's just on fire. It's on fire. It's on fire. That's what it is? Um, <laughs> I love you know. Now that Banner's seen one planet, he's cool with he's real all cocky things. About it. He's cocky about it now. Yeah. yeah, just like oh, flying North City. Dope. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. I thought it'd be nicer. <laughs> I'm Bruce Banner, Yuck. space guy. <laughs> <laughs> Cosmopolitan cosmonaut, suckers. Uh, yeah. Uh, so then uh, what's the plan? You know, I'm going to draw Hello away. And we see Valkyrie now is like concerned for her bros. I know. And she like offers it in a really awkward way, but I like it. Um. So they, uh, we go... And we see our, our our beautiful, beautiful man. Yeah. Our our beautiful all-seeing man who sees uh, just a moment before hell is coming that she's coming. Like golden eyes, he knows. He sees, he sees into me. He does. I was yeah. watching the movie and like if you lean back and forth mm-hmm. during that close-up of Idris Elba, yeah. Yeah. uh the eyes actually follow you like Disney Haunted Mansion style. Yeah. It's real weird. It's a Valentine for you. Yeah. He's He's that good. He's that good. He's that good. Um, so this is, we're doing a lot of cutting back and forth to create some tension to set this thing up. Uh, but we do get a lot of, uh, we do get a little bit of um, back and forth between Thor and Valkyrie that I like, which is like, hey, I found this in the armory. Yeah. Uh, and then she calls him your majesty and she doesn't do it sarcastically. No. No, she kind of means it. She does it. That's a genuine delivery of your majesty. Um, yeah, and again, they, there's like a turn for his character, and she has a turn for her character while also recognizing the turn for his character. And it's such a nice, subtle way to have that. It doesn't require a lot of conversation about it, uh, but the delivery and the line, hook it. I do like that when Asgardian armor is taken off, it just like, it deflates neatly, into yeah. like a ruby's or a spirit Halloween <laughs> costume. Yeah, it's like that Mithrandil stuff from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, it totally. Just, it just folds up into a little envelope. Yeah, you put it on and it's it's fucking armor, and then you take it off yeah. and it's just like you can wear this for to three Halloween parties before it rips. <laughs> yeah, that's admit two if you're drinking yeah. hard. Yeah, don't drink, don't drink. 
Um, yeah, Your Majesty, don't die. It's very nice. And then we we kind of end here on this is not the cleanest ending, Chuck. No, this is actually the first time, and I'm going to have some comments about this, but go ahead. Yeah, this is not the cleanest ending, but our 10 minutes ends with number one, Thor seeing the old frescoes and seeing yep. the old Asgard. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and sort of uh, the realization of what he is a part of. Yeah. And I like that the fresco is still moving just a little bit. Yeah. You can still see that. Yeah. The little glowing halo around his head is still activated. Yeah. Uh, and, but broken. And then we get, think about it. That's, that's imagery that's right there. That's, that's Steep. symbolism. Deep. What does it mean? Mm. Who can say? Uh, yeah. And then Hela is bringing down the doors of the stronghold with her many knives. Yep, her many, 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 many knives. So not not the cleanest ten minute ending, but no, I but that's no. because we are now we are now in our climax, which is supposed to all flow as one thing. Yeah, and actually this is where and we'll talk more about this next week. I'll give a, a, a teaser, but I do feel like this is the messiest, especially right here. Uh the climax itself is amazing, but like there's this messy even you can see it just pull back a little bit to when he kind of goes to the armory. Like the Everything is so hasty. Yeah. And I love for the most part, the movie uh, is super economical about like, I don't, we don't need to dwell on beats. We can just like, this is the thing that happened. Here it is. Let's move. But this is the first time when I started to feel like the gears are slipping a little bit. I'm like, wait, where did he, how did they, they got a weapon and he has the thing. What is happening? And then like later in the next thing, there's stuff that doesn't line up. Like he's, she's at a different place and then suddenly she's there, but you don't see how that happens. Yeah. It's very strange. It's very edit. expository in a movie that hasn't been expository very much. So it's like- Yeah, and the blocking is off and the timeline now, doesn't feel quite right. Now we yeah. have a gun. It's like, oh, okay, great. Oh, and while I was yeah. down there, I also got this. Down where? Okay. You're like, down, down where? I know. Did you, did, could you bring back more? We might need more. What? Where were you? Did you bring, where yeah. did you go? How close is the armory? Because like yeah, we, right. she's like- yeah. What's, Could we all have gone down there and just gotten some? Should we? Gear? Yeah. Why are we not? I don't. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot going on here, and this is um. This is why I go back to the first Avengers film a, a lot, which Joss Whedon had so much to juggle. Yeah. So much to juggle, and he does it so well in that first Avengers film. He really does. And it's like a great role-playing game where you always kind of like know where everyone's going and why. Yeah, it's it's everything is very clear. You have a sense of, of, of place with your characters. I mean, there are things that you that you always kind of need to know. You kind of, you have to establish enough so people don't feel lost. You, they need a sense of place for your characters. Yep. They need a sense of purpose and motion for your characters. And they mm -hmm. need a sense of motivation for your characters in all three scenes. I need to know yeah. why you are where you are when you are in the story mm. and what you're about to do. I don't need to know yes. what you're about to do in detail, but I have to know the direction that we're going in. Yeah, or at least what you want to accomplish yeah. by being there. Yeah. And I think you know, Taika has done such a great job with this film, but like, you know, these big these big action movies, you know, we had Max on last week and Max is like, mm, big action movies don't really don't really excite me as much. Um yeah. they only excite me like here and there, but because of that, because people are like, oh, big dumb action movie, big dumb action movie, we tend to forget how complicated any action at all is to add into yeah. a story. 
Uh, it's very complicated. Even to write it in a book, you're always trying to like block those scenes out and figuring out who is where and what's. You obviously don't want to telegraph every punch or something like that, but you need to really suss out that movement and that that flow of scene and dialogue and 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 who's got the power dynamic. Because if you mess that up, suddenly people do feel lost. People are holding a rope moving through a dark forest, and your job is to keep that rope there. Yeah. And if they if it's if it breaks, then they're just in the dark forest. Yeah, I think I think a great example of that is like a is like a Michael Bay Transformers movie, right? Oh God. Uh, particularly particularly like Transformers 2, 3, 7, 96, whatever yeah, they're on right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Where it's just like just camera whips metallic shit is in front of the screen. Yeah. Tin foil monsters yeah. are smashing other tin foil monsters. Smash slow motion run. It's just like, <laughs> where are these people? Why are yeah. they here? What Do is physics this thing? work at all? Yeah. yeah. Or, or ju- justice league. Like Zack Snyder is very, very good at, uh, at visually telling the story of an action scene. He has right. these, he has these beautiful set pieces in his head that you can tell he just, he sees them in that detail from the moment he thinks of them. Um, What he is, what he is not particularly great at is figuring out where that action scene goes in a story and why the characters want to be part of that action scene. And so you watch a Justice League scene, uh, like think about the scene where they're trying to bring Superman back from the dead. Oh God. Why are they trying to bring Superman back from the dead? Why is Ow. this the way they have to do it? Why is yeah. why are they all punching each other now? Like there's yeah. a l- also just what the fuck is happening? Yeah, just what the fuck and what why? The fuck, why? You don't need what to make this happening. You don't need to make no. this this hard on yourself. No, as opposed to like Batman versus Superman, which is far too long. Like yeah. <laughs> Justice League is the opposite problem. It just skips a bunch of stuff to get to the punch, 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 and then Batman versus Superman, which is a fundamentally better film if. Also, also worse to watch. Yeah, like Justice League is like just eat all of this candy in your mouth right now, and then yeah, Batman Superman know, is is it feels more like homework, but yeah, it's work. but is a it's better film somehow. But yeah, somehow. Some <laughs> but like how. that's the thing is these things are not easy to orchestrate and pull off, particularly if you are uh, a director who hasn't done a lot of action stuff before. And in yeah. this paradigm that we're seeing with studios now, where um, we're going to grab Colin Trevorrow, who has only directed one film. Little, yeah, little. One small little. film. And we're going to make him, we're going to put him in charge of Jurassic Park. We're going to take, yep. uh, we're going to take Gareth Edwards and we're going to put him on Godzilla. We're going to take, yep. this is the thing now. It's like, we want to see a director who's got like a great vision and an ability yep. to run a set. And then we want to give them all these tools. And Taika is, is the latest in this school of directors. Yep. Where these directors tend to be weakest is in these scenes where it's like, you got to juggle a hundred million dollars worth of CG and 18 mm-hmm. plots and four fights at the end of a film. Because unlike a Michael Bay, where I, I know I gave Transformers as like a bad example of action, but unlike a Michael Bay, who's been directing action for literally 35 years, yeah, Michael Bay can just be like, it goes here and the ship does this. And then, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's very- That's right. J- James Cameron has that unlocked. Yeah, James Cameron has that as well. Where it's just like, no, I know what I'm doing. Or Justin Lin is very good at this now. Where it's like, oh god, yeah, jeez. Where it's just like, I'm gonna drop cars out of an airplane, and you're gonna understand the how and the why and the where. Yeah, you're gonna follow. Yeah, it doesn't matter as long as there. You can break certain kinds of rules and certain kind of connections as long as you do that very early. Yeah, and you know throughout how that works. And I think one of these. I think this is one of these situations where 
we are seeing a little bit of a chink in the armor of this director who is who is not inexperienced, but inexperienced in this way. Yeah, and I do wonder if there is something, whether it's a script issue or something that stuff got filmed and it's just on a cutting room floor, so to speak, which doesn't really happen. I do have a yeah, I do have a feeling though that there there might be there might be an additional five minutes of this third act, five to ten. Yeah. And it's stuff that ultimately is like, well, we don't really need this, so just cut. Yeah, it, right. But you kind of, on the one hand, like I, I really do want it. Like I just want those little beats of like, give me some connective tissue. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's all like the deleted scene of like eating on the ship. It's not something that would have. No, it's, it's no. not. It's not enough to give you a scene. It's not enough to to really slow things down. But it's enough to slow things down in Act right, 3. Right. It, does, it really does remind me of like being in the game of D&D or something and someone's like, am I there? It's that whole like that joke of like, am I in this room? Where am I? Yeah. Am I? No, I picked that up. You're like, you're not in that room. No, I pick up the treasure. I open the treasure. You're not near you the fucking treasure. You can't open the treasure, dude. Yeah. You're not Stop there. It. Stop it. <laughs> Goddamn dwarf. Stop fucking with the treasure. Well, well where am I right now? And just, just yeah. opening up the uh. binder and you're flipping and like. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Yeah, it's definitely like we got to get through this. And and once they get through this 5 minutes. Yeah, then it's back. I think it's back. It's entirely back, but it does show up and it really shows up particularly because for the last 10 weeks we've been putting such a button on the fact that this thing is so Boom. beautiful. Yep. And it's uh in its containment to 10 minute chunks uh that now it's like haha, caught you slipping. Yeah. Yep. Damn it. Um, damn it, Thor Ragnarok. But everybody gets one. Yeah, everybody gets one. It's okay. Uh, so yeah, so this that's the end of this 10 minutes. That's it. We're getting close to the end of the movie. Oh, and then what? We just sit here. And then who knows? Yeah, we'll we'll probably just- We go back to prison. We go back to prison. Yeah, the work release program is over. Work release program, the podcast release. <laughs> yeah. It's a special thing that's being done with uh, with <laughs> California, with the California and Pennsylvania <laughs> State Corrections and NPR. Yep. Yep. Uh, and it's because of listeners like you who supported us- Throughout the year, by buying tote bags, so many tote and, bags, uh, and donating, and because of this, prisoners like me and Chuck, uh, yep. once a week, get to leave leave the horrible prison system of our country and rec- they put us in a tote bag and they just cart us. Yeah, out. they put us. In- <laughs> <laughs> uh, we uh, the answer is we don't know. Yeah, we don't. We know. don't know what happens. Nobody knows what happens it's a, it's when a podcast a dies. Yeah. Um, if you have any ideas, we'd love to hear them. Candy? Are we just gonna eat candy and we we'll review candy? Sure. How about that? I review yeah, candy all day, every day. Uh, you can let us know what you think we should do next on Twitter. I'm at a Carboni. I'm at Chuck Wendy. Uh, and please only use Twitter to give us suggestions for a new podcast and nothing else. Only that. Twitter is nothing a else. terrible place. Uh, you can a also email monster. us if you so choose. That is Ragnatok or Grandmaster at Ragnatok.com. And uh, hey. If you like the podcast, give it stars and link it to friends and scream that you love it out your window. <laughs>